It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, and welcome into another edition of the Wolverine Podcast here, a Monday night live show. Anthony Broom, Clayton Safey, Chris Ballas, all with you to discuss uh, some final takeaways from the game against Maryland over the weekend. I think all of us each, I can't speak for everyone, but I think everyone's gotten at least one rewatch in at this point. So some more longer form takeaways coming than the snap stuff from over the weekend. Uh, We'll talk about that. The trip to Iowa is coming this weekend. And as always, uh, your questions throughout the program. So feel free to shoot them in the chat. Producer Hutch will get them queued up for us. And also, if you want to, Move yourself to the front of the line and be the guy that we just drop everything for. Guy, girl, whoever you are, uh, just use that donate feature below and, and hand us a super chat. That would be very helpful. So uh, let's just get right into it, fellas. Uh, we will we will give you uh, our friends at the Rogue Shop their shout out a little bit later in the show. We of course are appreciative of their support and their sponsorship of our Monday Night Live show. But uh, Michigan, I. I hesitate to call it a close call. It felt a little more, you know, a little more firm than that. Uh, you know, it's a, it was a little bit uh, more more of a def- – I can't talk today. Oh, my God. This is like my <laughs> Jordan flu game. I don't know if I'm a brain or what the hell is going on. But um, basically a game that I, I think by early in the fourth quarter wasn't as close as maybe the final score would indicate – but you did let Maryland hang around in the end. It was 34-27. Uh, given that Clayton was not with us this weekend, he was at a family function uh, wedding with an open bar, I hope. Um, that oh, yeah. was my understanding anyways. Um, I want to kind of give Clayton the, fir- the floor here to go through his takeaway, seeing as, Chris, both you and I have been on the air since then. So, mm-hmm. Clayton, I mean, just your snap judgment from your first watch of the game and maybe some things that have popped into your brain since then. Yeah, well, first of all, it's weird to not have your full focus on the game. I was helping my uh, my cousin get married there on Saturday in the wedding party, so you're kind of getting ready, watching on a phone. Service wasn't that great, but um, but it did allow me a different you know different kind of perspective in terms of watching. You're kind of just okay. They got the win, and then you you kind of go from there. You rewatch and see kind of what happened exactly from a you know closer view. But I thought Michigan, you know maybe had a false sense of security after getting that early play. Uh, Matthew Hibner uh, with the fumble recovery on the opening kickoff. JJ, you know, hits Scooney in the end zone. But that was a dogfight after that, basically. And they made some adjustments. They played better as the game went on. Pretty much a lot of the concerns we had coming into the season played out in this game. Little clunkiness with the play calling. First time play callers there. The pass rush wasn't great. They had to get a little exotic on some of the third down stuff. Jesse Minner is doing a great job with that, but he needs some help from some of the guys up front that you know need to get pressure with four. You, you can't bring guys as the season goes on uh, over and over and over because you're going to start to have some tendencies. Again, he does a great job disguising, but it's just kind of the reality of it. Um, secondary, as we kind of predicted early on in the offseason, this could be better with the way Mike Sainer still came on. He's been fantastic. The interceptions were huge. Blake Corum was, you know, incredible on the offensive side and really carried the offense at times, made the big plays. So 
you know, to me, like looking at this game, it didn't surprise me. I thought it was going to be a battle. I thought Maryland was going to be competitive. I think they're a pretty good team. Um, Michigan turned it up in the second half. And, you know, the people that were really, really disappointed about this game, like, I get it. I understand it. This team wants to win the Big Ten. It has high hopes, but you got to go through the growth process throughout the season. We saw it last year with Michigan almost losing or you know having to survive late against Rutgers. That was a closer call than this one. We saw it at Nebraska. Like, there's just going to be some games where you don't have everything. JJ missed on some deep balls. He hit on some other good throws. So, you know, while there wasn't the crispness, if that's a word, you know, out there, there were some big plays. The talent was on display. And Michigan was still the better team. And now they head into what could be an even bigger challenge in a much tougher environment, road for the first time. Uh, so we're going to continue to learn about this team the next few weeks. Yeah, and a little adversity doesn't hurt guys going into that game. I think getting punched in the mouth. If you've got to add another, uh, another tomato can, for example, and then you go into Iowa and get punched in the mouth, maybe you don't recover from that. And it takes some breaks, too. DJ Turner's pick probably wasn't a pick. Maybe wasn't a pick. I don't know if they overturn it or not. You know what? But uh, I do know that it went their way. And I do mm-hmm. know that uh, – Tag I think you nailed that. Thank you. Tagavailoa. Baby Tua. Exactly. Baby Tua had a a, a receiver over the middle in watching the game again on RJ Moten's pick where, you know what, they could have been on the other side of midfield and driving still, if not for a bad pass. It takes some breaks. And uh, Michigan got a couple. At the same time, they got recovered a couple of their own fumbles too. J.J. McCarthy's got to be better with the ball. That was the knock on him, you know, in practice. You got to protect the ball and all that goofy running around and stuff like that isn't going to fly against an Iowa and even a Maryland, as we saw. So, and Sharon Moore, I loved how he took him aside and he said, that's yes. not going to happen anymore. And it didn't happen anymore. And then they kind of used the Cade McNamara game plan where they're, they're going underneath with some drag routes to the tight ends, things like that. And then relied heavily on Blake Corum, who is an absolute stud. I love that kid, everything about him. So enjoy him while you got him folks, but you win, right? It's about winning. And if you look at USC and I'll go right down the list, guys, USC, Oregon, uh, we're very fortunate to win. You look at Georgia wins by 17 against Kent state, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, this is not a, a beauty contest fellows. This is, you know what, go in and get it done and now move on to Iowa. And that is not going to be an easy game, no matter what, the Michigan fan base is trying to convince themselves of that is a tough place to play. Yeah, it is a place that uh, Jim Harbaugh called today where top five teams go to die. I think it was Malachi here in the chat who says, I know that we're on Maryland right now, but Iowa is kind of scaring me. Iowa is like six and one at home against top five teams since 2009. So Michigan was one of those teams. We've, we've seen this happen with them before. Um, you know, I, I can't speak to if they took that game in 2016 lightly or not, but I don't think they will this they will this weekend. I mean, this is a, a program that they just saw um, what whatever it was seven eight months ago in the Big Ten championship game. Obviously, much different circumstances for both teams now, and it's it's not on a neutral field. You have to go to a tough place to play. But you know, upon further review, for me, I mean, I think this was um, first off every team this year over the or every team every year uh, has a couple like this where your C plus performance kind of. You just kind of get out by the skin of your, by the skin of your teeth, so to speak. Um, I thought that was there was a lot left to be desired with Michigan in that Maryland game, but I liked what Jim Harbaugh said. His takeaway was that you know this is really you know we have we put stuff on film that we can coach and correct now. Nothing I saw Saturday outside of maybe like I am a little bit concerned about the push from the front on defense, but 
outside of that, uh, I didn't see anything that really registered to me as like, wow, a glaring, a glaring deficiency that might hold this team back uh, for the rest of the season. So uh, a lot of parallels, uh, some parallels, I should say, to the Rutgers game last year. It was a you were relatively untested last year, non-conference play. You come out in week four and then the Big Ten opener. You kind of get punched in the mouth a little bit, but I like the counterpunch. Um, and also I think Maryland played – this is a Maryland team that is so undisciplined and is not usually cut from the cloth to compete in games like this. And, you know, that was as – they weren't all going to be blowouts against Maryland. Uh, most of them have been uh, – all of them have been with Jim Harbaugh until this past Saturday. Uh, credit to those guys for, for coming out and – you know, making Michigan play play a four-quarter game. Uh, we do have a super chat here from Shane Johnson. Thank ring you. the bell. Ring the super chat bell. Right, ring it. Ring it. We got Uncle one. Ballas. Uh, Shane Johnson says, Uncle Ballas. We finally <laughs> have the, all these offensive weapons and can't figure out how to get them touches. Andrell, Anthony, A.J., uh, Henning, and Roman Wilson combined for three catches. Shaking my head. Why don't you address that, Uncle Ballas? Yeah, Uncle Ballas says he's a little disappointed too because it looks like you know what there are times they're running four verts when the when the field is wide open. And uh, now in watching the film too, there were a couple times where they ran like a whip route with Cornelius Johnson. And if JJ had held on for one second, he had a pocket, but he bailed. That's going to be a huge play. So there are a couple things there that that were open, including the deep routes where, okay, uh, some of those touches, you know, you get one of those, I think, as Clay said, it, you know what, it's a different ball game if he hits one of those. And I think he will. He said his arm finally felt 100%, but I've never been impressed, honestly, a lot with Michigan's route running and route trees, no matter who's the offensive coordinator here. And part of it is because you're comparing them to an Ohio State and guys who do it with elite receivers and with elite play callers, I guess you would say. Um, although good defenses have a, a, have a way of kind of even thing, evening things out. If you look at Notre Dame against Ohio State, look at Michigan against Ohio State last year and good pass rushes. So, but yeah, it, it looks labored. And when, you know, you're like, where, why, why is it that everything is contested? Now, the Roman Wilson play, for example, when J.J. Uh, McCarthy said after the game, he said, you know what? We were schemed that one. We were waiting all week to use that, the touchdown pass. I'm like, all right, let's scheme about four or five more of those. <laughs> I would love to see it instead of, you know what, four guys running deep on a third and three or something like that. So, uh, And another thing I'll say, too, is what Charles Woodson said to J.J. McCarthy. If you're going to run deep like that and you've got all that field in front of you, then J.J. McCarthy's going to have to take advantage with his feet at times, too, as long as he gets down because without Cade McNamara – as your backup, you know what? You're a, a play away from an Alan Bowman or a Davis Warren. So, but I'm with you, Shane, and, and that's 4.99 well spent because I agree with your opinion. Uh, don't be a stranger, and please bring your five bucks next week as well. Yeah, and my dog can eat this month now, so thank you guys. Yes, for that. Um, if I want to. There was a play Saturday where JJ did use his legs and had the first down easily, and could have just got out of bounds. Yes. He comes back towards the field. That can't happen. But the hero ball stuff, the um, that they'll be able to rein that in. He's just ha- he just has to play more. Um, I actually think this is gonna like this is the thing that's fascinating to me about the game he just had. And like, let's be honest here. I mean, we're we're calling this like a C plus B minus performance for JJ McCarthy. And you know, really, when you look at the box score, I mean, that's a lot of that. That was like, I'm not dogging the guy, but that was a kind of a vintage Cade McNamara stat line where maybe that's kind of what Cade was, whereas JJ, we feel like there's so much more potential there. So um, it's fascinating to me where, you know, we feel like he did miss on opportunities and he needs to learn 
to be a little less aggressive or a little less loose with the football. And now you're going to go into a stadium and an environment where if you are anything less than perfect, you are going to make a mistake and Iowa is going to pounce on it. And honestly, if you make a mistake, I was probably going to find a way to turn it into points too. So it's a really interesting juxtaposition and, you know, we'll talk about it more in our Thursday show, but to me, that's the storyline of the week is, is taking care of the football and things like that. And well, if, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead, Clay. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, well, Jim Harbaugh today talking about Iowa and that defense, he said, it's not time to, to lighten up. It's time to tighten up. And first thing that pops into your head is number nine, JJ McCarthy with kind of the fumbles, the, you know, extending the play. I will say with some of the deep ball, stuff in the offense and not getting it to the weapons. I mean, they were sitting back with uh, seven, eight guys in coverage quite a bit. That's why he had a lot of time. And I also credit the offensive line, but they were kind of sitting back and they still had some opportunities. I thought if JJ would have hit some of those guys again, maybe his arms now hundred percent and he'll recalibrate as Jim Harbaugh said after the game. Um, so they'll hit on some of those, but like you said, Chris, if they hit on one or two, of those, then it feels like the offense was more explosive. He still threw for 220, minus the the fumbling and like some of the just running around, not just like just go get the first down with your legs and slide, please. Um, then I thought he would have played. Yeah, I still think he played pretty well. Um, but it would it would have been really good. And I think they wouldn't have had, you know, such a small margin of for error. But he's learning. Every rep is huge for him at this point. But the reining it in thing, I mean, they've been trying to do that. I know they don't want to overcoach him, but this is finally you know, kind of some of the red flags, you know, I'm not saying you go to a, a different guy here, but just talking about, he's not, you know, the Heisman trophy winner. He still has a lot to learn. He knows that, um, you know, he's always talking about the next play next game mentality. So you should feel comfortable about that, but they still have a lot to teach him and he has a lot to continue to learn and experience to have. And these, these are all good learning experiences and completed 69% of his passes. That's yeah. the crazy part. So it's, it's so it's so funny how it's being discussed. I mean, right. not necessarily that we're doing it, but, being mm-hmm. discussed as like a pedestrian performance and he yeah. still played well. Yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, and, and when they needed a big throw that, that throw down to Ronnie bell on the sideline, yeah. touchdown pass to Roman Wilson, it, the ball was exactly where it needed to be. So yep. yeah. Again, in his third start. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, really kind of his first start. I mean, I know he yes, played I those agree. last couple of weeks, but um, those were, you know, he may as well have been taking snaps against, you know, at IMG Academy again. And, and I thought you made a great point, AB. You made a great point about Maryland playing a great game in terms of, you know, I was going to say that they had, what, their first penalty with like three minutes remaining. So mm-hmm. this was a, a solid opponent. Maryland's going to win a f- lot of football games, including Saturday against Michigan State. <laughs> and they have athletes. They have a couple of offensive linemen that are going to be playing on Sundays. They have receivers that are going to be playing on Sundays. A good running back, as Jim Harbaugh said, he was running through guys and they had to, they had to play a little bit better. A quarterback that without those, you know, two mistakes, they might win the game. However, at the same time, without him, you know, they get beat by, thir- by 30 points. So so uh, there's talent on that team, and they got punched in the mouth a little bit. And I think, like you said, maybe a little complacency after that first kickoff and they score so quickly. But uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, when you said that, that was a point that let's give Maryland here a little bit cr- of credit here for the way they played. And you know what? You never know what you're going to get with, from them on a week-to-week basis, but they certainly got their best for the most part with the exception of those two picks on Saturday. Stat on the J.J. McCarthy thing. It kind of was his first start. Almost half of his snaps this season came in that game. Yeah. Not only were they playing traffic cones, as we'll continue to say, he w- he played 11 snaps in the opener. You know, right. they're, like 
this experience is huge for him. The fact that you're in a third down, you know, a tough situation, the third and six, and you hit on a big play to Ronnie Bell down the sideline, get yourself in field goal position, uh, you know, field goal range and, you know, win the game, you know, with some of these plays is huge. Some of those were pinpoint to Scooney, all the throws like that. He can make every throw as we know. So uh, that was good. And, and you're right about Maryland. Uh, people were, you know, ridiculing my pick of an 11 point win it ends up being tighter than that. That's fine. I'm not happy to say that, but um, they're actually, they're, like pre- they're a pretty good team. And, you know, I think they will beat Michigan state this weekend. I think they're going to make a bowl for the second straight year. They hadn't made one before last season, before 2014. So Mike Loxley, as much as his quotes pregame and postgame are kind of a little weird, uh, I think he's doing some good things and he's recruiting well and having some talent there. There's some athletes on the field. You could tell that for sure. So give them credit. Michigan passed the test. um, And, you know, they got better probably from it with all the things they have to correct. Yeah, that was the biggest thing is just finally there is – now, I know you can find things to coach in blowouts, but this was the first game where you can really go into a practice week going, all right, we're going to emphasize this this week. We're going to um, – this is something that needs to improve. JJ, we need you to do focus on – like all of those things I think are uh, – Jim Harbaugh called it a character-type win, and I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you just have to get through it. And every team you know, struggles with, with uh, someone they probably shouldn't at some point throughout the season, uh, Ohio state did week one against a Notre Dame team that, you know, is not, is nowhere near as good as we thought it might be. Mm-hmm. So um, everyone gets a few of those each year. Um, you know, people forget the Rutgers game last year was a struggle. You come out the next week, play your first road game in a historically tough place to play a place you haven't won in a long time. And you beat the hell out of a team from the big 10 West. So that is certainly something that is on the line this weekend. Uh, we want to keep getting to your questions here. Uh, we want to keep uh, kind of rolling through some storylines and takeaways and maybe some early takes on next week's game. But I do want to talk about our friends over at the Rogue Shop. Uh, husband and wife outfit, Mr. Rogue, has been on our board uh, chatting with people. And I know Chris gave him a very nice introduction to the Wolverine community there. So we've enjoyed kind of mixing it up with him. His wife, uh, Shar, is, is always working the live chat on their website. Uh, they are craft cannabis farmers specializing in small batch sustainable plant medicine. Uh, Richard is a disabled combat veteran, and his wife is a certified CBD consultant and life coach. Uh, The Rogue Shop sells Delta 8, Delta 9 CBD, and THC products that are all lab direct without middlemen. Uh, They have gummies, moon rocks, pre-rolls, flour, diamonds, lollipops, hard candies, tinctures, salves, lip balms. If if you can think of it, they have it. you know, I know they've all they've all sent us a nice little care package uh, sampling the products they have. And for you guys, uh, watchers of the Wolverine podcast, readers of the Wolverine magazine, listeners of the Wolverine podcast, whatever it is, uh, we can get you 10 percent off over at RogueShop.com using promo code the Wolverine for 10 percent. That is promo code Wolverine uh, Rogue Shop grows their own cannabis and manufactures its products and the, with their own two hands. Unlike competitors that are replacing humans with machines, guys, I guess just talk about your experience with them so far. And, you know, I've got a little I started getting into running again. So I'm having a little bit of back pain. Um, st- some of the products like the the pain cream that they sent me have actually been extremely helpful over the last week or so. 
I'll yeah, I'll just say the live chat feature on the website's awesome. And then Chris, the thread that you posted on the Fort R message board, just to see all the discussion about it, how you know these products have helped people is kind of cool and it gets you interested in some of the other ones. But the C B D gummies during football season, you know, when we're done working some of these long days, you just want to relax, watch Monday night football maybe tonight. Um, it's it's awesome. And then you can sleep and uh get ready to go for the next day because we're you know we're go 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 here but this this stuff helps live chat feature is great because you can talk about what you need what kind of things you know are right for you so and the handwritten notes in the package are pretty good too yeah thanks for your service by the way mr rogue and then when you look at a guy like on our board like walt 313 who is a preferred customer on our board and has had some issues and you're hoping and you say man we're going to be able to help this guy you know and i and i really mean it you know what and uh i got some of the pain cream from my mother for her back so that was fantastic i got to give it to her this weekend got a beautiful note from char uh just a sweet lady so i just like good people and i like supporting good people with good products you know what if it were something we didn't believe in we wouldn't support it but i believe in these people and uh and we appreciate them as a sponsor so and i love the gummies man they help me sleep through the night pain cream's awesome yep. yeah all right well we appreciate our friends over there uh thanks to the folks over at rogue shop for being a sponsor of our monday night show so uh i'm gonna start rolling through some questions here this one's from jr who asked, what are your biggest concerns in, at Iowa? Is it offense or defense? So, Clayton, we'll start with you there. <laughs> uh, Michigan's offense against Iowa's defense. I didn't know Iowa had an offense. for. The, I mean, this Iowa offense, I think, what is it, five offensive touchdowns in four games, seven total. They had two defensive touchdowns over the weekend. That first game, when you look at it, you'd say, oh, maybe they had an offensive touchdown there. No, seven points. Uh, two safeties and a field goal. So it's definitely the Michigan offense. Jim Harbaugh talked about it today. Phil Parker, the defensive coordinator, does a great job. He's a name when Michigan's D.C. job a couple of years ago opened up. People were like, hey, go get him. Well, he's probably an Iowa lifer like a lot of the guys that are there, and they do such a good job disguising things, the zone coverage where it feels like, as Harbaugh said today, kind of when the ball gets tipped at all, there's always somebody there. They're all facing in. They're all in the right spot. So they're going to be tough. We saw last year how Michigan, with a dominant run game and the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line, they had trouble running between the tackles on that Iowa defense. They had to kind of open things up. The Donovan Edwards pass, you know, Blake Corum got to the outside. J.J. helped him with a block. Like early in that game, things were a struggle for the offense. So it's going to be magnified at Kinnick Stadium. I think it's going to be tough. So the biggest concern is the offense. It's going to be another great experience for J.J. McCarthy, a great learning experience as long as they come away with a win. He can't make the mistakes like he did because those are, those guys are going to scoop up the football and help out their offense or be the offense for Iowa. I mean, it's it's going to be a battle. That's what worries me, and I think D. Brown had a comment on there earlier, hoping it's not Demetrius Brown, who had seven interceptions against Michigan State in 1987, when he said, let J.J. go out there and sling it, or let J.J. be J.J., you don't want JJ to be running in circles against this team and hucking it up for grabs and putting the ball on the ground. You know what? It's got to be, there's got to be a happy medium there. I'm not saying the conservative game plan, which is kind of what I expect from Jim Harbaugh. You know what? You hope that they can script something early where in tendencies where they maybe get an early touchdown and, and get off to a good start. But you've got to be a little bit careful because it's not that teams are gift wrapping the ball for Iowa. Iowa's defense is earning what they're getting. So those two plays, those two touchdowns that they scored defensively against Rutgers, one was the biggest hit I, you know, that you could 
ever see one on one that jarred the ball loose. The other one was a beautiful over the over the shoulder interception that was returned for a touchdown. It was a great play. These guys are very well coached. This is probably the best coach defense that they'll see all year. So that's what concerns you uh, is that, hey, if you turn him loose and you have some turnovers, then this is going to be a game. Go back to 2016 when everybody said, remember, oh, you're crazy, Ballas. There's no way that I was not going to keep this close, blah, 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 blah. They got off to a great start. Then your five-star offensive lineman, I think he was a tackle, misses a block. They, I think there was a safety. And then all of a sudden, it's game on, guys. And that's exactly how Iowa beat you down there. So uh, there is a reason that they are tougher to play down there. The, the fans are right on top of you. They are extremely well coached. And it's, uh, you know what, if you make mistakes, they're going to beat you. So that's one of my concerns. And then I'm still a little concerned, guys. I know that the I- Iowa offensive line isn't very good. At the same time, they're physical, and Michigan's defensive line has still been a little bit suspect against the run. I thought they were against Colorado State, and I, I pointed that out. I want to see how they do against more physical teams. I thought Maryland could have had a little more success even than they did with the run if they would have stuck with it at times. So I don't expect Iowa to be able to run all over Michigan, but if they can bleed out three, four yards on first down, three, four yards on second down, shorten the game, you know, and uh, – and not have to rely on their statue of a quarterback, then you know what? The game gets shortened and then it gets tight and there you are. So there are a lot of things, but I feel good about Michigan's special teams in this one. I think that's an advantage for, for Michigan. Just protect the ball guys, you know, don't turn it over. And I think they'll be okay. I think they're going to, it's going to be an uglier, lower scoring game, but anybody who thinks that Michigan's going to go in there and roll like they did in the big 10 championship doesn't work that like that guys. It's every, every year is a different experience, especially when you're playing there. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think the early take, and, and we'll, like I said, we'll do the full game preview later this week. But, you know, you can get, you might be able to get away with a turnover somewhere, but you cannot, you absolutely cannot let them turn turnovers into points. So that that's something that I wonder if there'll be some sort of, uh, you know, extra emphasis on um, maybe offensive players getting to guys and, and finding the football as well, if something like that happens. Uh, special teams, I mean, this is probably going to be, I mean, the big, I mean, this is Saturday will be a special teams. Um, I don't know how else to put it. Sorry. Uh, it'll be special teams pornography for whoever's <laughs> into that type of thing. I mean, we know the type of unit that Michigan has. Uh, Iowa loves to play the field position game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's going to be another thing where JJ, you don't have to play hero ball. You have to be content with going the long way and, and taking your shots where they present themselves because there's, there's always one or two in every football game. But, um, yeah, I would think right right now, God, that Iowa offense is just so bad. But, um, you know, I saw a Michigan team sort of get – Michigan's defense sort of get pushed around a little bit against Maryland, and Iowa is just that much more physical up front. Really the next two weeks, we know that Tom Allen always uh, – his teams play a physical brand of football at Indiana too. So these next two weeks, you're really going to learn kind of what the makeup of this team – uh, up front on both sides of the ball is, and, and I need to see more from the pass rush as well. So, um, again, last year's last year's Wisconsin game was kind of a star-making performance for a lot of guys on that team, like a David Ojabo, uh, like some of those guys that emerged up front. Uh, we'll see who, who it winds up being in this game. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, Mike Fort says our defense can take naps at Iowa. I, I won't. I won't go that far. I don't think Michigan's defense has played well enough this year to really nap on anyone just yet. Uh, but we'll go to this question from uh, Malachi McKinney, who says, I don't mind the deep ball misses. Uh, JJ will clean those up, but I want him to start taking the yards with his legs. As I mentioned, he could have had a hundred yards rushing if he took off 
instead of staring. Um, I'll start with that one only because I don't want him to be a guy who checks his first read, doesn't see it, and then just starts running. Um, that's not, I mean, you want him to go through his progressions. Uh, you want to keep, I mean, right now it is so paramount to keep him healthy, but there were a couple of plays in that game that were, uh, I think last week against UConn, uh, there was a, I, I probably have the order of it mixed up, but there was a give read that he missed and took himself. Yep. And then this week there was a, um, a, a take read that he instead handed off. So uh, just need to be sharper in those areas. I want him still processing. I want him still going through his progressions. I don't think he needs to be, uh, you know, someone over the weekend had said that he reminds of, of Johnny Manziel, the way that he just kind of runs around back there with the football. I don't think that's good for him or good for Michigan, but um, you know, it would be nice. He, I'm all for them using his legs more, but man, he has got to get down and he's got to get out of bounds. Yeah, well, I, I agree with that. I, I think that – so in the first game of the season against Colorado State, Donovan Edwards caught a pass kind of in the middle of the field, didn't get, didn't turn up field, didn't get the first down. And I remember saying, I mean, it's good that that happened at this point in this game because Mike Hart's going to make sure that doesn't happen again. He's going to clean it up. J.J. McCarthy in this past game, you know, nothing cost them. They got the win. And there were some times, as Charles Woodson told him after, he could have probably tucked and ran. I completely agree with you. He doesn't feel like, to me, like a John O'Corn where first read's not there, the feet lock up, or you get the happy feet, and then you you know, you just start running into, like, nothing. Um, you know, J.J. is the opposite, and I think you can teach it probably easier to be like, hey, you know, like Charles Woodson was trying to do, hey, if there's space, like, go get that space. Again, we're not trying to have him take hits, even though he's a hockey player and he doesn't mind it. But um, I, I much prefer this, going through those progressions. There were times, one, two, three, four, five, nobody was open. Uh, then he did the Johnny Manziel thing. He did remind me a little bit of Johnny Manziel on the one where he picked up the first on third and seven. But um, I'd much prefer this than a guy that is too much bailing out of the pocket early, not going through his reads, feeling pressure that's not there, things like that. So I think this is more teachable, and J.J.'s a lot smarter than some of the other guys we've seen have issues with the other the other side of things. John O'Corn comes to mind. Remember that? Boom, back. That's what you I know. just said. Yeah. Ex- did you say O'Corn? I wasn't yeah. paying attention. Yeah. I'm sorry. So that's, ex- <laughs> that's exactly yeah, we are, right. We are on a live show. You're, yeah. You're, you're <laughs> did I just say that out loud? <laughs> yeah. So, no, you're absolutely right. John O'Corn, that's exactly who came to mind, and I was thinking about what I was going to say, so Clay already said it. But um, – yeah, 100% with that. And um, another thing I'll say about him is that, uh, again, when it's there, take it. But this is not a game where you're going to be scheming a bunch of read option stuff with him and saying, go run it. Iowa's linebackers and let them break you in half either. You got to be smarter, especially with Cade McNamara, get out. So um, and, and he's going to learn, guys. So, uh, yeah, there are times when there was a lot of stuff there. And if you're going to run the four verts or whatever, and uh, the whole field, you know, and not use the middle of the field, then you're going to have room. Uh, and again, he looked, you could see it on, on film and watching it, that he had all kinds of green several times. So uh, he's got to take advantage of that. But it's like you said, don't all of a sudden now have that in your head. Like I've got to take off, you know, the second that uh, my first read's not there. So every, you, everything you said hundred uh, percent on there, Clay, 
and uh, I couldn't agree more. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's hard to believe it's already it's only Monday, guys, because I'm already anticipating this one. And we've been looking for this to this one for a long time. You get by this one, man, and uh, you know you're looking at October, and you're feeling really pretty good about yourself, uh, even with Penn State playing better than expected at times. Hutch, I don't, I still am not convinced. I think Auburn is really just that bad. I think Penn State's just okay. Uh, Michigan State's a tire fire. You know they're going to come in like the Terminator. You know never going to die and they're going to you know pull some stuff out but I will say one more thing about Kirk Ferentz too though it is always prepared it seems like last year being the anomaly for Michigan you're going to see some things that you haven't seen before tight ends over the middle you know maybe a couple more deep shots that you know things that he hasn't put on film that he will put on film for the top five teams where top five teams go to die so I know we are not scared guys I know that we've gotten a lot of that on the message boards we're wary I think is probably a better word to use of what Iowa is capable of and they do seem to improve and play their best games against Michigan all the time. I will yeah. say I could see it kind of going though too, where it's a battle kind of like that Big Ten championship game. You know, I'm not predicting they win by 39 points, but where tough sledding, tough sledding, you, you pop a couple big plays. That second quarter offensively for Michigan in the Big Ten title game was no good. But then they came out a lot of the check with me stuff where it's like, okay, what can we run? And at the end of the game, you know, it was Michigan's athletes that were just too much. So I could see it. I think Michigan has enough talent to turn this into something like that. Again, I'm not saying 39 points or anything. Um, I'm wary too, but I also do think there's a chance of Michigan. I mean, that offense, if they go three and out, three and out, three and out, you can have you know as good of a defense as you want. But if Michigan's not turning over, I think this thing could snowball maybe in the second half for, in and, Michigan's favor. And A.B. injuries, too. They're banged up, fellas. Uh, there are guys that are going to miss this game, and uh, hopefully Donovan Edwards comes back. Uh, to me, that would be a big one. If you can get him involved, have another option out of the backfield, yeah. I wouldn't even mind seeing some two-back stuff with Corum and Edwards out there, maybe move Edwards to the slot, get the playmakers out there and get them a chance to, to do some things in space and underneath the, the defense there for Iowa. Absolutely. Uh, Donovan Edwards, I think, is, while he hasn't been, he's only played in two games, but while he hasn't been, the most productive guy, I think he is their most dangerous, at least versatile offensive weapon, just by virtue of what defenses have to account for when he's on the field. I mean, Iowa knows it. Uh, he threw a touchdown pass against them last year. So um, I want to make something clear because, like, this is kind of just a perpetual take going on in the comments right now that we're talking about being scared of Iowa or uh, that we're not confident. You know, it is our job to put you on alert of – how Iowa can make this a game. Um, if Michigan is a good football team, I think they will win this game and do so soundly. But again, we'll, we'll break that all down later in the week. Um, I don't have a staff pick yet, obviously, but my early read on it is that all things all things considered, if, if this game goes the way I think it has the potential to, this is like a 24-9 Michigan win or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. A, t- a turnover, a pick six, one way or another – that completely changes the, you know, it changes the outlook. So like it is our job to come on here. Like it, you don't, it, it would be so counterproductive to come on here and go last week didn't matter. Uh, it's this week. Remember what happened last year at Wisconsin. Remember what happened? No, no, we're there's There are things to be on alert for uh, this. Iowa team is not very good. They won't win the big 10 West, but um, I don't think Michigan has played well enough through or at least proven enough to be just a team where you chalk up uh, a Saturday game in a tough environment as an automatic victory. So just wanted to kind of rant on that for a second. Um, Let me say something. I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's a given that they're not going to 
win the, the Big Ten West. I think Minnesota is the cream of the crop, but Iowa can beat anybody else over there on that side of the of the two. And if Minnesota were to drop a game, I don't know where that Minnesota-Iowa game is, but you know what? That side of the, is so bad, I could see Iowa continuing to improve. Yeah, they're not good, but uh, neither is anybody else over there except for maybe Minnesota. So look at what's Wisconsin against Ohio. Well, and I, I'd like to also – I'd like to yeah. know how – like. I feel like some of these, and again, I'm not singling anyone out. I'm just saying the take in general. Yeah. Um, by 2016, Iowa should have been a win on paper. Should have been a game you won easily on paper. Things got weird, and you lost the football game. It happens in this sport. Um, it like it, I won't say it almost happened against Maryland, but you got to play the football games, and it's going to be a really important week of practice for Michigan on the field. Uh, Andre Alexander says, "Do you all think it's going to be a low-scoring game?" I think we're all kind of in lockstep on that. We can kind of save that, the score predictions for Thursday. Or, well, it's you know, hard to be a high-scoring game when, you know, one team doesn't have really much of an offense. They have a semblance of an offense. I think, Chris, you said it about UConn. It's a semblance of a football team. Right. That's kind of what Iowa's <laughs> offense is. Right. So, well, Michigan you know, scored, Michigan's could score 30 points in this game, and the under could still hit. You know exactly. I mean? so, in your 24-9 prediction, I assume that'd be a defensive touchdown and a safety. So, I mean, that it's hard to get like four defensive touchdowns. Like, it's not going to be a shootout between, you know, I guess it would have to be between maybe Michigan's offense and Iowa's defense uh, helping out a ton and Michigan helping out a ton too. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say it's definitely going to be low scoring 30s, 40s, 20s, maybe. Yeah, three, three safeties and a field goal. And I say that half in jest, given what happened in their first game when they won, what, seven to three with two safeties yep. and a field goal. So you don't know what you're going to get from these guys. But it's amazing. These are the same comments that we got. You know how much crap I got in 2016 for saying all the same things we're saying now, you know, and oh, Bellis, you're scared of Iowa and so on and so forth. And, and look what happened. Well, that can't possibly happen again. Well, yeah, it can with a team that's, what, six and one at home against top five opponents in its last seven games. Look what they did to Ohio State, what, in what, 2019 was it, 18, 55, 24, or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. That team had no business putting up 55 points on on anybody and uh, just absolutely rolled them. So uh, this is a different team at home. These guys get up for it. They're well coached. They are technically and fundamentally sound. Guys, no, we are not scared. We are just wary and you know, we've seen a lot of football over the years where, you know what, you just get a sense for things. Now, you know, we could be wrong and maybe Michigan comes out and their quarterback in his first ever road start in a big time hostile environment. Guys, I don't know if you appreciate how tough that is either is going to come out and sling it and just tear it up because he's Mr. Heisman trophy or whatever. No, this guy is going to probably, you know, take a couple lumps. You just have to hope the bouncers go their way, the way that they did in the Maryland game as well. If he makes a mistake, it's, it's not tragic. So um, there is a very real chance that this is a second half game that, you know, that it's going to come down to the fourth quarter or whatever. I really, what I would believe is that if Michigan plays a solid game, they're going to pull away, win by a couple scores late in this game. But I've seen enough games there, and I've seen enough Michigan football over the years to understand what Michigan can be on the road, especially, with, again, when they're banged up. Guys, there are going to be guys that don't play. We'll talk about that at the end of the week and are inside the fort, that you know, you're know you going to have some young guys out there playing for the first time in key positions. And if one guy on the line, for example, makes a mistake, like Kyle Kalis did back in 2016, that changed the game with the safety and everything, then you get a ball game. So that's all we're saying. We're not saying, you know, curl up in the fetal position and that, you know what, take Iowa and the points or anything else. We're just saying, just be prepared for the unexpected because that's what you see a lot of the times in these games. I'm saying to bet the under. I'll, I'll okay. There you go. Yep. <laughs> that's and I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And the scared thing is just, we're just saying what we, th- what we think. So, I mean, right. 
anyone can feel free to comment what they want. I love all the comments and feel free to disagree and all that. So, yep. Yep. Just don't call us stupid or whatever, unless it's. Oh, no, just don't call me stupid. Yeah, exactly. I'm good with. It is, I've been called. I've been called worse by exactly in this podcast. So. God, I'm only, only on our message board, <laughs> on our own message board. Yep. So. Um, let's go to Hutch's burner, Captain Banana Peel, who says, "Let's just stay out of Iowa punt Doomsdayville." Uh, yeah, again, you get into a field position game. Uh, if this is a game that comes down to special teams, I feel good about Michigan. But um, again, uncharacteristic things can happen. Um, Christopher Robbins uh, says, my primary concern for this team is a lack of primary offensive play caller. Play calling by committee doesn't appeal to me. I echo Joel Klatt's commentary. Uh, Ryan Van Bergen and I talked about this a little bit on Saturday. Um, This is not a new concept. I mean, we see there are teams all over the country that have, you know, they might have a guy who's their offensive coordinator, but then there's a run game coordinator, a passing game coordinator, and then maybe the coach calls the plays. Hmm. Um, you know, Matt Weiss and Sharon Moore are the play callers for this team. I think that they are still, um, and here's the other thing about it. Um, it, it's funny how, you know, if Michigan's able to just kind of, there was that sequence where they ran the ball, I think five or six times in a row, if they just keep moving the chains, people go, Oh my God, brilliant. Uh, it was a brilliant decision to keep doing that. Um, oops, sorry. I don't know what happened. Um, smash mouth football going yes. on over at uh, the Wolverine HQ. Um, if it works, people praise it. If it doesn't, you know, that's when the commentary comes in and the, the critics, uh, the criticisms. I mean, I thought, again, you're playing sort of on air in those first three weeks, but I thought, I think it's been fairly smooth for the most part. The one thing I was a little perturbed by was that, um, and you saw it was the very first offensive play of the game when Michigan recovers that kickoff, uh, the fumble or the muffed kick um, that touchdown that Luke Schoonmaker had, I mean, there was all kind of misdirection going on uh, in the backfield before that play even happened. And there were times where it was similar to that Rutgers game last year, where it's like the things that you did well in the first three weeks and early parts of that game just kind of disappeared for a bit. So I'm not concerned with that uh, in the vacuum of one game, but I guess just thoughts from both of you guys on that dynamic so far and if there's something you'd like to see changed. Yeah, their first year, I mean, that was basically their first game, too. I was thinking about this a lot over the last day or so. I mean, didn't matter what they called, really, in those first three games. Most things were going to work, especially if you just ran the ball. He gave Blake Corum. I know he didn't break some of those big runs we wanted, but J.J. was hitting on deep balls. He was hitting on the underneath stuff in the third game. So it didn't really matter. They're still working it out. It's pretty clear to me watching the TV copy that uh, Matt Weiss is calling most of the plays, uh, at least on some of the bigger downs. Uh, third down and I know that was kind of insinuated when Sharon talked to the media he didn't say anything but it was kind of there was something about situations or third downs or whatever Um, so I think it's pretty clear there I think they're going to get better but um, you know it's it's too early to tell at this point and you're right or Van Bergen's right with you know there's been these types of things under Jim Harbaugh before there's been you know these types of things really it's pretty common around the country to have a co-coordinator so not super worried about it it was the first time where they had to actually call real stuff the the things that were concerning to me was you got to know and there's got to be good enough communication to know who's on the field uh when Isaiah Gash is on the field no offense to him but he's he's a walk-on running back um you know when Blake Corum needs a blow in a game where he's going to carry it 30 times that's fine but uh, you know, maybe you change up your call a little bit. So that was a little more concerning to me. But again, it's it's something you can clean up. 
Isaiah Gash shouldn't be getting the ball on a third and five at midfield. Like no. that's just that's a poor that's a poor decision on their part, and that's yeah. nothing against Isaiah Gash. But no. there are things like that. But it's it was a little third, bit against Isaiah Gash. Yeah. It was third and four, and and that was exactly what I was going to say. Don't get cute, and don't outthink yourself and outsmart yourself. And 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 that's I thought that was one situation where you're like, okay, are they really going to with guy Isaiah Gash in there? And I'm thinking, are they going to try to catch him off guard here with Isaiah Gash? Sure enough, I think they'd run seven plays to that point uh, on the ground, uh, and that was maybe the seventh or something like that. So and then the when they get to midfield at times, they, you know what, they're moving the ball, they're moving the ball. And then you get this trickeration thing where, and it never works, right? The pass back, like the transcontinental that doesn't work or. Um, that was another one. Yeah. Right. And on Saturday it was Ronnie Bell was going to throw the ball. Yes. Uh, you don't need to see that. You're getting five yards of chunk, six yards of chunk. Blake Quorum, his vision's working, you know what, ride him. Uh, and, and you know what I do like is when, Okay, when you've got things like that that happen, then it always seems like Jim Harbaugh, you can tell at what point of the game Jim Harbaugh's like, okay, this is what we're going to do now. And it was going back to the Cade McNamara offense where the tight end stuff underneath, right? Some of the yeah. drag routes, things like that, where you're like, okay, this looks like kind of like a Jim Harbaugh offense here. Um, I, and I do want to say one thing too, uh, getting the tight ends involved. Max Bredesen, uh, a big shout out to him. Boy, he was physical with his blocking, which I, I, I really, uh, he's a Bredesen, so you kind of expect it but really helped minimize the loss of eric all who by the way is a brilliant talent and uh you hope that he comes back you know not real optimistic there based on what we've heard but at the same time max bredesen did some great things so what you can tell when jim harbaugh's like all right enough of this let's do this let's move the ball let's get a touchdown and uh and you know people can say what they want about him being conservative so on and so forth using the fullback but he's seen a lot of football guys he knows what works there's something that comforts me knowing that he's there to to kind of bring him back down to earth at times yep i, I max bredesen i mean we we give our game balls based on you know what shows up in the box score for the most part but there were several plays on yeah. saturday where i was just so I kept I would I kept kind of tapping Chris on the shoulder like watch the replay here. Yeah. That's Max Bredesen. I mean I was thinking about this too cuz he he shows up, you know, constantly in, in these, some of these big run plays and I love how they're using him as kind of a running run blocking fullback. They haven't handed him yes. the ball like Sean McCune in the Outback Bowl, but uh not yet at least. But um is there a chance that uh yeah, don't talk about that. <laughs> is there a chance that Max Bredesen just wasn't kind of as fully physically developed as Ben was a few years ago when he was in high school and he still has, you know, and he's getting better and better and maybe he would be a scholarship player somewhere else. And I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being one here. I think that's the case. And I think he has a really bright future. That kid is a natural out there blocking and, and even catching the ball sometimes. Wasn't he a quarterback at Arrowhead? He was. Yeah. yeah. So there you so go. He was doing everything. Great athlete. But he's got his brother's um, mentality. God, I love Ben Bredesen and watching him want to yes. hurt and hit people. And that's what Max Bredesen does. He seeks people out. Eric all did that too. But Max Bredesen is physical on every play. Uh, and that offense of line is too and that's why you know what I, I was encouraged after watching the film you know I thought boy I'm going to find see a lot of things there there was a lot to like too guys those guys are really physical they're finding guys Max Bredesen is certainly not a drop off in the blocking area mm-hmm. that much when it comes to Eric All and he brings out the best in those other guys too Schoonmacher, Hunnickford, those guys uh, to me they were all more physical really liked what I saw from that group really liked what I saw from Max Bredesen sometimes when Jim Harbaugh talks about those walk-ons you know Peyton O'Leary you know he's going to be you know he's probably not not going to be as involved, but with Max Bredesen, you kind of got the sense that, okay, this guy might be actually the real deal. And we're starting to see that he is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you, when, when you start hearing Max Bredesen hype over some of the scholarship guys at tight end, yeah. that's, that's high praise. Yep. So that is, um, and Clay, you had, you had a comment on that to add. Yeah. I was just also going to say, when you look at the blocking and, and watching the game a couple of times, right tackle, I think played his best game as well. So that was yeah. encouraging to see. I know, oh, we, haven't yes. mentioned, I, I know yes. we haven't mentioned Trent A. Jones yet, but I thought he played well. hundred yeah. percent. Offensive yeah, line more. as a whole, I thought had their best, uh, well, four quarter game because it was the first game they played for four quarters, but uh, their best, most consistent kind of day yet. So that was good to see. Um, one last thought on the Bredesens: um, those, those, that's a family from Wisconsin, and they got out of the state. And uh, I think there's there's a little bit of a you know Wisconsin could use some Bredesens. I mean that's a that's a program that's kind of lost its way over the last couple of years. So um, they've lost I, their Bredesens. That's right. Yep. Uh, I think we're gonna. Hmm. Let's see. I'm kind of the I kind of hold the keys to the rest of the show here. I think we're going to take one more, and it's from a friend of ours, a longtime poster on the fort, uh, Jacob Sherba, who says this game has been circled since preseason as a major conference test. Fast forwarding to November, is Maryland or Iowa going to be look at be looked at in hindsight as a better measuring stick? Mm, this is a really good question, Sherba. Obviously, one of the best posters on the fort. Okay, you could take this a couple ways. Better learning experience, maybe Maryland in terms of what happened, how the game went, you dealt with adversity. But measuring stick, I would take that maybe a little bit differently when you look at the Michigan offense going against an Iowa defense. that They're not just well coached either. It almost seems like, you know, I know people are touting their coaching because it's been so consistent over the years, but they are really talented too. Riley Moss, the back end potential All-American at safety, guys like that. Um I think it's going to be a great measuring stick for the Michigan offense. Can they push some of those guys around? Can they get enough tough yardage? We saw Blake, the way he churns those legs. It's incredible. Uh, but is he going to be able to do it against some of the Iowa guys? Is JJ going to make the right decisions? Are the receivers going to get open against a talented secondary? So measuring stick, I'll say Iowa, especially for the Michigan offense. But, you know, maybe learning experience and, you know, good game to have under your belt would be Maryland. So I think you can take a lot from both games. As long as you win, uh, then you'll feel pretty good about what happened. Big 10 road game, guys, right? Against a tough, solid opponent in one of the toughest places to play in the Big 10. So that will be the one. And, you know, it's going to be – it's it's really – it's unique, right? Because the way they play, you know, they wear you out and they, they try to make you make mistakes. So this is really the biggest test uh, to me for J.J. McCarthy, you know, on yes. the road in that environment, having not – experience he saw we saw him at michigan state last year and he had wisconsin yeah and at wisconsin he started the second half at wisconsin right right good point yeah but this is a different animal right you know that it's all on your shoulders now and you've got to make good decisions and know that you're the guy and that there's nobody behind you so i think this will be the one um but uh, there is something to be said for that Maryland team. That Maryland team is better than I thought they would be, and they played again. They played a great game, so give them credit. They're probably going to beat Michigan State by about twenty points on Saturday. So, and uh, you know they could finish fourth in the East. You know, which would be they might hang up hang a banner for that, an ugly one. You know, if yeah. it matches if it matches uh, their flag. But hey, sorry, so sorry, Maryland fans. All right, lock coming, right? Yeah, lock coming. Yeah, talking. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, sorry, I couldn't resist myself. Yep. We take so many shots from them. So, yes. um, I still, I, I had a comparison in my head, but it didn't make sense. So I'll just say this: um, last season, week four, I think you kind of learned what you were, what you were made of in terms of what's, what's in your, what's in your gut. What, what do you have between the ears? How do you push through adversity? 
week five is where you find out what you're truly capable of. And I'm hoping to see that if that winds up being the case and we do have a similar kind of showing um, where you win, you know, 38 to 10 or whatever the score was at Wisconsin last year uh, and do that to Iowa. That will be, that will be, I think in the big picture, more telling to me, Uh, because like I said before, uh, you know, everyone has one or two of those games where, you know, sphincters are a little bit tight going into the fourth quarter. I mean, even last year, um, you know, the Nebraska game was tight. The, the North, um, the uh, Penn state game was tight, uh, even though that's a much better opponent. So, you know, th- th- those tests will come throughout the year, but um, I think if this team is, is made up of what I think it is, I think that Saturday will be the game where we truly find out what this team is capable of in, in a tough environment with, I won't say it's backup against the wall, but, there's still a lot of questions about this football team. It's not often you get through five weeks and not really know what a team still is. We think we know what they can be, um, but you know, big test Saturday. So I think that will be the one that ultimately tells us where this thing might be headed. So any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah. I just want to know from Hutch, are are we allowed to say sphincter on this show? Is that, (laughs) is that, was that one of the words? I do something was coming. I have to give my five dollars right back to the. the Exactly. Yeah. No, I still want. And Ayako, if you're out there, I still want to get more yen here. Um, I, you know what? I think she gave us some yen one time, and uh, I still want to know how much that is. I'm excited. I'm thinking like, if it's you know how many yen? I don't know the exchange rate, but I want to know how much we have there. There you go. Exactly. So <laughs> figure that one out for us too much. But uh, yeah, other than that, I will say this: uh, No, we are not scared of Iowa guys. Uh, yes, we are wary of them if they get by this game because, and for a big part of the reason why is because if you get by this one, you know what? A week later, you're halfway through the schedule, probably. Six and zero, and I'm not saying smooth sailing, but smoother sailing. And then you're looking ahead to that Ohio State game a little bit, and you know a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll just say this. Go ahead. Well, I'll just say this. My final thought is, when that game kicks off at 11 a.m. local time in Iowa City, it's October, and this is kind of where you separate yourselves in college football in the Big Ten. It's where Michigan proved itself last season, as Anthony you kind of mentioned. Uh, the Wisconsin game, I believe, was in October. And then you had Nebraska. That bye week was in there. And you, once you got past Northwestern, it was like, okay, things are good here. Obviously, you had the loss to Michigan State. But you've seen it play out before where this is where you turn it on. This is where you, you know, even if they don't play super well, I still think they have a chance to be capable of winning the Big Ten. But that's that's if you don't play well in a win. Uh, you still want to uh, get out of there alive with a win by one or more points. And uh, that's all that will ultimately matter in this game. End of sentence. End of sentence. Start October. T- start October strong and survive it. Uh, this is going to be, you know, last year it was the tough November or between really between Halloween and that Ohio State game where the story of last season was sort of written. I think the trajectory of this season starts this week. Uh, Indiana, I don't think is very good, but again, another weird tough road game. Uh, Penn State at home. Then you have to. I think people are kind of underestimating like having a bye week between Penn state and Michigan state. And, you know, it might be beneficial that you have two weeks to prepare for a Michigan state team. But um, you know, if you build up some nice momentum over the next few weeks, what does a bye week do to it? I, I've, you know, there's always kind of concerns about that, but uh, we'll see what happens. I think they're in good shape uh, Saturday. I think said more about, um, you know, just the, the, the way they fought back. I know there are Michigan teams of the not so distant past that, may have sort of folded in a game like that. Uh, this team got back off, got back up off the mat, uh, made enough plays to win. And 
sometimes it's all you have to do. It's just about that W as opposed to how it looks in the box score. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys to, uh, to those of you who watched live, uh, be sure to leave a like on the video below, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going live. Is it what? Five times a week, if my math is correct. So, uh, John Bort will be back tomorrow night. Uh, EJ will do his recruiting show on Wednesday. Ryan Van Bergen and I will do the post game Saturday. And then uh, Ballas and Skeen will be live on Sunday night. Um, we will also have the Thursday preview show. It's pre-recorded with the three of us. So uh, we'll obviously want you guys to get in on that as well. But uh, so, yeah, leave us a like on the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. For those of you listening to the podcast in the feed uh, after the fact, be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on all platforms that you get your shows. For Chris Ballas, for Clayton Safey, I'm Anthony Broom. Have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you in a few days. And support RogueShop.com, guys. We really appreciate our sponsors. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.